You're listening to the Unlimited Fantasy Football Podcast, your news for everything related to fantasy football. I'm your host, Ben Droz, and I'm going to be right here every week giving you the updates on fantasy football with injuries and what those injuries mean for your players, trade advice, and who you should be picking up on the waiver wire. All that and more is right here on the Unlimited Fantasy Football Podcast. So let's first dive into the injury report. And there were two major injuries that came out of week one. And the first and major headline was that Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles and he's going to be out for the rest of the year. The 39-year-old quarterback will not be playing for the rest of the year for the Jets. It is now Zach Wilson who's going to be stepping up and taking the Jets' starting quarterback job. Now, I never really thought Rodgers was a starting quarterback option. I saw him as a very fringe QB1 probably weren't wanting to start him but he definitely was going to be rostered probably a second quarterback on a team Zach Wilson definitely not going to be as good in fantasy as Aaron Rodgers would have been but the only thing this really affects is Garrett Wilson's ceiling is not as high now Garrett Wilson I still think he's like a high-end wide receiver too but he's definitely not going to be the fantasy superstar we thought he was going to be and where he was drafted. So this definitely hurts Garrett Wilson's value, but it helps Brees Hall's value. Brees Hall now, I think, will be a weak winner for fantasy managers. They got him pretty way in the mid-rounds. He might turn out to be a weak winner. Now that Aaron Rodgers is out, the Jets are going to have to run the football because, I mean, we've seen that Zach Wilson just isn't the best thrower of the football the Jets run game is going to be what what they're going to need to do if they're going to win games. So Brees Hall, definitely huge upside now that Aaron Rodgers is hurt. The other injury was that J.K. Dobbins tore his Achilles. So now that's leaving fantasy managers wondering what they should do at the running back spot. I'll get into later um, waiver wire pickups you should be maybe look at if you have J.K. Dobbins on your roster. But for right now, if you want to look at the Ravens backfield situation, it's kind of a mess. Justice Hill and Gus Edwards are the two main guys that are likely going to be taking the majority of the snaps with Melvin Gordon likely to be elevated from the practice squad and also get snaps, but it's going to be a pretty even snap share. If I'm going to say which one you should pick up, it'd probably be Justice Hill just because he scored both touchdowns after Dobbins went down against the Texans, but I think this is going to be a very even split. I think they're both very, very low-end flex plays, likely do not want to be starting them. I'll get into more waiver wire pickups that would be better starting options for you in these next weeks later and there were other injuries of note in week one Anthony Richardson the Colts starting quarterback suffered an apparent lower in body injury in their in the Colts game against the Jaguars but their head coach after the game said that he's not in danger and missing any time so he should be good to go this next week and he's likely going to be a low end flex starter in fantasy this upcoming week with his perform after his performance against the Jaguars so if he's on your roster definitely might have to be thinking about starting him if you don't have any of better options there Tyler Lockett um, is being evaluated for a possible concussion after Seattle's week 1 matchup against the Rams if he misses an extended time Jackson Smith Enigma is who is going to get the significant snap increase alongside DK Metcalf. So if Lockett can't play, 
Jackson Smith Enigma is who you are going if he's on your roster he's likely going to be a flex starter for you so definitely if you are a Jackson Smith Enigma owner you want to be looking at this Tyler Lockett injury if he can't play can't go through the concussion protocol you want to be starting Jackson Smith Enigma and then DK Metcalf is likely I mean you're going to start him anyways but he's probably going to be even better now that Lockett's not there Aaron Jones went down with a hamstring injury but initial reports are saying that it's not too serious but he might might miss this upcoming matchup for the Packers so if that is the case AJ Dillon is definitely going to be a starter so if you're an AJ Dillon owner definitely want to keep up on the news on Aaron Jones if Jones does play AJ Dillon just goes back to his low-end flex starter that he's been that that you drafted him to be Deontay Johnson went down with a hamstring injury in the Steelers game against the 49ers um if he is they're, they're saying I haven't there hasn't been any reports yet if but I'm guessing it's not too um, serious. If Johnson can't go this next week, George Pickens is definitely going to be a starting flex option for you. And then Allen Robinson is going to be one of the top waiver wire pickups. I'll touch on him more later, but Robinson might will probably be a low-end flex starter if Deontay Johnson can't play. Jacoby Myers, it went, he's going to be in concussion protocol, and so you'll want to monitor that if you have Jacoby Myers on your team. But he scored two touchdowns in their game against the Broncos. So if he if you have him and he passes all of his concussion protocol, he he's probably going to be a flex starter for you. And then Pratt Fryermuth, after catching Kenny Pickett's first touchdown pass this year, took a hard shot to the chest. So he's questionable for this upcoming week. Again, just have to monitor that. And if Smith Pat Fryermuth can't go, might have to look to the waiver wire options if you don't have a backup tight end. And then the last injury to note was that Austin Eckler has suffered an apparent ankle injury against the Dolphins on Sunday night. So if that is the case, Joshua Kelly, the Chargers backup running back, is definitely going to be a guy you're going to want to start if Eckler cannot play this upcoming week. So definitely want to monitor that. But let's now jump into my favorite waiver wire pickups for week two in fantasy. Again, I'm only going to be naming players that are rostered below 50% in ESPN leagues. And the main name that jumps out to me that may be on your waiver wire is the Falcons backup running back, Tyler Algier. If you are a B. John Robinson fantasy owner, you need to pick up Tyler Algier. Because if, if B. John Robinson goes out with an injury, Tyler Algier is going to be a great fantasy starter. But for now, I'm not thinking Tyler Algier is going to be this league winner with this league winner with Bijan Robinson in the fold. It's going to be hard for Tyler Algier to have standalone value in this Falcons offense, but this is going to be a run heavy offense and he could end up if he can keep this, this goal line role with the Falcons, he could end up being a low end flex option for you in your week. So definitely want to pick him up just because of the potential that's there. But again, I don't think there's any league winners that are going to be on your waiver wire this week for fantasy. The next name that comes up for me is Kenneth Gainwell, rostered in 21% of fantasy leagues. Gainwell is the lead running back in Philadelphia. It's not Rashad Penny. It's not DeAndre Swift. It is going to be Kenneth Gainwell, as all the reports from the Philadelphia writers have been saying this entire offseason. Kenneth Gainwell is likely out of all these guys are on on the fantasy waiver wire, he might be the one guy that could potentially carve out a role and be a weekly flex starter for you. So Kenneth Gainwell might actually be a guy you want to pick up in front of Tyler Algier if he's there, but both are definitely great options. 
Kenneth Gainwell could end up being a flex starter for you. So I'm looking at Kenneth Gainwell if he is on your waiver wire. My third running back I'm looking at is Kyron Williams, the the Los Angeles Rams running back. We're also to just 10% of weeks. He led the Rams backfield in snaps, route run, routes run, touches, and fantasy points. He scored 17.4 fantasy points in week one against the Seahawks. He's looking like he's going to be the starting running back, which is really sad if you were a Cam Akers owner. But Kyron Williams is definitely a guy you want to be looking at on the waiver wire as he... Just like, just like Kenneth Gainwell, they're kind of similar situations. The Rams are back, backfield and in the Eagles' backfield, both could end up being flex starters for you. So Kyron Williams is a guy that you also want to be looking at. Other running back options that I'm looking at is Zach Moss. If you uh, if you are needing a starter for this upcoming week, Zach Moss, who they're expecting to be able to play this upcoming week, the Colts running back after Deion Jackson really struggled against the Jaguars. Zach Moss is likely going to be the cold starting running back this upcoming week if he is able to go after his arm injury. Zach Moss and the Colts are going to be playing the Houston Texans who gave up three rushing touchdowns to the Ravens. So Zach Moss is likely going to be a flex starter this upcoming week if you can pick him up. So if you need a week this upcoming week, if you need a starter, Zach Moss might be the top guy that you want to pick up because He's going against a very vulnerable Houston Texans rush defense that gave up three rushing touchdowns to running backs against the Ravens. So Zach Moss is likely going to be the best option on your waiver wire for a week two starter. But let's now go into the waiver wire pickups for wide receivers now because there's some wide receiver injuries that may be coming up and you may need a starter for wide receivers. So there could be some options on the waiver wire for you. My top guy that I'd be picking up on the waiver wire, if he's there, is Zay Jones, the Jaguars wide receiver that may have gotten the number two wide receiver role on that Jaguars offense. I'm not convinced that Zay Jones has taken it away from Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk was the number one wide receiver for the Jaguars last year. I just don't think he all of a sudden fell to three just because Calvin Ridley came in. But Zay Jones is definitely a guy you want to be picking up just because of the potential he has in that Jaguars offense with Trevor Lawrence. Another wide receiver you might be wanting to look at is Nico Collins if he is on your waiver wire. He's definitely a guy, if he's there, you want to be picking up. He has a lot of potential as C.J. Stroud's top option in Houston. But a guy that definitely is on your waiver wire is the other te- Houston Texans wide receiver in Robert Woods. Just rostered in 2.7% of leagues. He's kind of coming out to be C.J. Stroud's like safety blanket. So if you are in a PPR league and you need like kind of like a low-end flex starter you're looking at, Robert Woods could be your answer. He has value in PPR leagues as a low-end flex starter. But another wide receiver, if you just need a week two starter for this upcoming week, Allen Robinson for the Steelers might be your option. Only rostered in 1.7% of ESPN leagues. If Deontay Johnson is not able to play with his hamstring injury, Allen Robinson will turn out to be a flex starter. He scored 11 fantasy points against a good 49ers defense. So if Allen Robinson is there and you need a week two starter and you flex, Allen Robinson is the guy you want to be looking at. And the final waiver wire options I want to talk about are the Rams wide receivers. Now, Cooper Cup was placed on IR last week due to nerve 
problems. So he's going to be out for the first four weeks, and that has let the Rams' other wide receivers step up against the Seahawks, and they showed out. And the main name that came out of that game was Puka Nakua. Puka scored 21.9 fantasy points against the Seahawks. He is definitely going to be a flex option and is likely the best waiver wire option for wide receiver. But just know when Cooper Cup comes back, he's likely not going to have a, as big of a role and likely won't even be startable in fantasy. So just know that he's likely just going to be an option for the next three weeks. And then once Cooper Cup comes back, he's not going to be startable. Tutu Atwell also... Had a great, got a good game. Scored 17.9 fantasy points. I also would consider him a flex, but I have him a little bit below Pukanuka. So I definitely think these guys are viable flex options for these next three weeks. But just know, once Cooper Cup comes back, they will not be startable fantasy options anymore. So with that, week one of the NFL is in the books. And I'm going to do what is going to be my favorite segment now, which is my weekly winners and losers. So I'm going to give five winners of week one and then five of the losers from week one. So my first guy, my first person I listed for my week one winners is Tua Tagovailoa, the Dolphins quarterback. He scored 27 fantasy points in the Dolphins and Chargers shootout on Sunday night. How Tyree Kill score 44 fantasy points. Tua has now solidified himself as a QB1 pass for 466 yards through two through three touchdowns. Sorry, only one interception, and he had a fumble loss. So those kind of hurt his numbers. Probably should have had more if not for the turnovers. But Tua scored 27 fantasy points. He has now solidified himself as a top 10 option in fantasy at the quarterback spot. And if he's on your roster, you're probably going to be starting him this upcoming week. My second winner from week one is Zay Flowers, the Baltimore Ravens starting wide receiver. Zay Flowers, while he only had 17.7 fantasy points, and you may not be thinking, oh my gosh, what a great performance. Zay Flowers solidified himself as the number one target on the Ravens offense, had nine catches, 78 yards, and while he didn't score a touchdown, he just got the majority of the targets in that Ravens passing attack, and he is going to be a weekly flex start, in my opinion. So if you drafted him, he's probably going to be him and Jordan Addison are the two top rookie wide receivers, two guys that you're likely going to be starting in your flex on a weekly basis until they show you why they shouldn't otherwise. My third winner I have for week one is Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, who didn't play at all last year, was suspended due to the gambling, scored 24 fantasy points in his season debut with the Jaguars, had eight catches, 101 receiving yards, and a touchdown in the Jaguars game against the Colts. Calvin Ridley is now, I think, a wide receiver one. He's definitely going to be one of the steals of the fantasy draft. Even though he was rising up the draft boards, I still think he's a steal. He has solidified himself over Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. And Zay Jones and Christian Kirk are now kind of fighting for that wide receiver two role. Those two are going to kind of be, I don't know, they're kind of seeming like wide receiver threes. I, I still like Christian Kirk over Zay Jones. I'm not going to overreact to Zay Jones is the wide receiver two now because Christian Kirk was the wide receiver one for the Jaguars last year. I don't know why he would just all of a sudden be the wide receiver three this year. I don't know what changed, but I still think Christian Kirk is going to be the number two wide receiver in that offense, but Ridley solidified himself as the wide receiver one. You're going to be starting him every week, but Christian Kirk, I'm going to touch on him more later, definitely has question marks around him. 
My fourth winner from week one is Michael Pittman. I was, I'm not going to lie. I had Michael Pittman on my do not draft list for this year, but in week one, he proved me wrong, scored 23.7 fantasy points, had 97 receiving yards, eight catches, and a touchdown in the Colts' loss against the Jaguars. You know, I'm not going to overreact and say he's going to be this this fantasy superstar now, but he is definitely going to be a high-end wide receiver three for me. He's why I think he's going to be solidifying himself as a weekly starter. I'm I'm not saying you should not be expecting him to do this every week, but I think he's definitely going to be a flex starter for the rest of the year, and and I I think week one showed that. My last winner from week one is Tony Pollard. You know there was questions. It was some people thought Tony Pollard was going to be this great running back, while others were questioning whether how big of the load the Cowboys were going to give him. Well, he showed in Sunday night's win against the Giants, he scored 22 fantasy points for the Cowboys, controlled the majority of the snaps, had 70 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, and caught two passes for 12 yards. Tony Pollard is an RB1, and he showed that the Cowboys are going to look to use him for the majority of their workload. There, There is just no one that's even going to be competing with him for those touches. He is the main guy in Dallas, and he is going to be fun to watch. But now, we need to touch on the losers from week one. It was tough if you had one of these five guys on your roster. You're definitely maybe regretting drafting them. Maybe you still feel good about them. I definitely don't feel as good about these five guys after watching them in week one. Number, the first guy I have on there, and just because I rostered him in a lot of my weeks, was Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk had one catch for nine yards. In a game where Calvin Ridley scored 24 fantasy points and Zay Jones caught a touchdown. That is definitely disappointing if you're a Christian Kirk fantasy manager and you thought that he might even be competing with Calvin Ridley for that number one job. It turns out he might be the number three guy there. Well, I'm not ready to go that far. I still think he's a flex starter. He's definitely not the strong wide, like the high-end wide receiver three that I thought he was going to be coming into this year. I still think he's a low-end flex starter, but definitely disappointing if you were a Christian Kirk fantasy owner. My second loser I have from week one is Cam Akers. Cam Akers... While he did score 8.9 fantasy points and scored a touchdown, I'm not feeling good about Cam Akers. He lost the majority of the snaps to Kyron Williams, who looks to be the lead running back in Los Angeles. Many people who drafted Cam Akers, looking at the strong finish he had the last year, were hoping he'd come in and kind of turn into maybe a low-end RB1, are now saying, is he even the lead guy on his team? So definitely disappointing game from Cam Akers. It's definitely going to be hard to start him next week, but I still think he's a low-end flex starter. I'm not quite ready to give Kyron Williams that role yet, but it's definitely looking like it may be a 50-50 split between those two guys, which is not what you want if you are a Cam Akers fantasy owner. Number three, I have two players because these guys go hand-in-hand and why I did not want to be drafting these guys in my leagues. I have Drake London and Kyle Pitts both on my number three spot. Kyle Pitts scored 6.4 fantasy points. And Drake London didn't score a single point. Definitely disappointing if you are an owner of Kyle Pitts or Drake London because you just saw 
Bijan Robinson and, and Tyler Algier just have the fantasy days of their lives while these guys were just completely nowhere. I mean, maybe if you're a Kyle Pitts owner, you're feeling a little bit better. He had 6.4. That's not terrible, but still not good if you're expecting Kyle Pitts to have to finally have his breakout year. I wasn't ever high on this Falcons passing attack. I just think it's such low volume. There's going to be like times where they're like Kyle Pitts will catch a touchdown or Drake London or catch a touchdown and they'll score like 15 points. But like that's like the ceiling, which is really sad to see if you drafted one of these guys. Definitely their outlook is worse after week one. The guy I have at number four is DJ Moore. I was really high on DJ Moore and Justin Fields, who I'm still confident in Justin Fields and think he's still going to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback, possibly top five fantasy quarterback for the rest of the year. But DJ Moore is definitely was disappointing in week one. I was kind of thinking that Justin Fields and DJ Moore might be like the Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown of last year, but DJ Moore definitely had a disappointing game. Only had two catches for 25 yards for 4.5 fantasy points. Definitely not the performance you were looking for if you were a DJ Moore owner and thinking he might be a top 15 wide receiver. It's looking like he might just be a flex starter now, which is definitely sad to see when you just thought there was a lot of upside there. Still a lot of season left to go for the Bears to kind of get things back on track. The whole Bears offense just didn't look very good, but DJ Moore doesn't really look like he might he might not even have the wide receiver role completely to himself in Chicago. Darnell Mooney looked really good last night and Chase Claypool did not. But DJ but Darnell Mooney might be competing for more touches, more receptions, more targets than you might want if you are a DJ Moore owner. My last guy I have for the week one losers is Damian Pierce. A guy that I was never really high on to start with at the at the start of this year. Damian Pierce only had 6.7 fantasy points, 38 rushing yards, two receptions for nine yards, only carried the ball 11 times. I didn't think the Texans were really going to be running the ball that effectively to start with, but only getting 11 rushes is just like not very good if you're a Damian Pierce owner. I mean, he's kind of falling in a like role. Like if he doesn't fall in the end zone, he's just not even startable. Like, He's definitely now just like a low-end flex option for me. Just, just not a high ceiling there, and the floor is definitely not high. It's, he's just a very volatile player to be starting in fantasy. But if he's on your team, you're likely still starting him next week. But for all the guys that thought he could maybe break out this year, definitely not the case. All right, so I know it's week one. The fantasy season just started. But I am going to go through my buy lows and sell highs after week one. My guys I want to trade for, the buy lows, and the guys I want to trade away if they're on my fantasy team, my sell highs. My first buy low candidate after week one in NFL fantasy is Jameer Gibbs, the Lions running back. Jameer Gibbs, while he only scored eight fantasy points and some people were disgusted with how much the Lions gave him the ball, which was not very much, Jameer Gibbs is a guy that is going to get more carries as the season progressed, Dan Campbell, even after the game, says this was part of their plan. They wanted to; they're going to slowly ease Gibbs into their offense until he is the full-blown main catalyst in this backfield. Jameer Gibbs is a guy you want to try to trade for if the fantasy manager that owns him is already getting worried about Jameer Gibbs, which I wouldn't be at all. Eight fantasy points isn't even that bad, and it's only going to go up from there. So if you can, try to buy low on Jameer 
Gibbs. My second buy low candidate is Javante Williams, and he's kind of in a similar boat. Javante Williams scored 9.7 fantasy points, had 52 rushing yards, four catches for five yards. I'm going to be buying low on Javante Williams because the sky is the limit for Javante Williams. He is such a talented running back coming off of a knee injury, major knee injury, and he already got the majority of the running back snaps and looks poised to lead this backfield even just next week. And my favorite part about it is he got four catches in the game. So he might even have some added receiver value in this league. We know Sean Payne, the Broncos offense, likes going with a lead running back. Javante Williams could turn into like that Alvin Kamara, this guy that is going to lead 80% of the snaps in Denver. Javante Williams is a guy you want to be trying to trade for in fantasy. My third guy I have is Amari Cooper. And now, Amari Cooper, in a day where the Browns kind of just dominated the game, wasn't too great. Only had three catches for 37 yards. But, but is the key word here. But, the Sean Watson is only going to get better as this season progressed. And he didn't even look too bad as the Browns offense was batting, battling the elements against the Cincinnati Bengals. It was raining almost the entire game in Cleveland. So I think Amari Cooper is a guy that is only going to get better as he develops that rapport with Deshaun Watson. I think Amari Cooper is going to be a high-end wide receiver two, maybe even a low-end wide receiver one. I don't know if I'm quite ready to go there, but I think Amari Cooper is a guy that you should be trying to go trade for because I think he is going to only get better as Deshaun Watson shakes off the rust and gets better. My fourth buy low guy after week one is Rashad White and now you may be thinking Rashad White only scored 6.9 fantasy points didn't look good with the opportunities he got yes you're right but he still got 17 carries still was targeted still had two catches and he is in offense where such a young running back I think he's only going to get better as this season progresses I think Rashad White is going to be one of those guys that by the end of the year he's going to be so good a weekly fantasy starter as this Buccaneers offense starts to gel with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield targets the running backs a lot in, 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 in with his teams. He's always targeted the running backs. So I think Rashad White is going to have a lot of PPR value. I think he's a young player that's only getting better in an offense that's kind of trying to find its identity. I think this offense is only going to get better. I would be trying to buy well on the young talent that is Rashad White. And my last buy low candidate is going to be Tyler Lockett, the wide receiver for the Seahawks. Tyler Lockett only had two catches for 10 yards, and then he kind of got hurt with the concussion and everything with that. But I think Tyler Lockett is a guy that is going to be a high-end flex play every week. He was better than DK Metcalf last year. I don't know if people know that, but Tyler Lockett was the wide receiver 13 last year, and DK Metcalf was the wide receiver 16. I think Tyler Lockett... I don't know if I want to say that I'm not going to say he's better than DK Metcalf in fantasy, but he's right there. I think Tyler Lockett is a huge buy low candidate. If your fantasy manager is maybe struggling at the running back position and wants to maybe try to get another running back, Tyler Lockett's a guy that I think you should be trying to target in your league. So we're now going to wrap things up with my sell high, my five sell high candidates after week one of the NFL. Now, I'm not saying if you have one of these five players, you have to trade him. 
don't get like don't get that impression. I'm all I'm saying when I'm naming these five guys is their value right now is at their at its apex. I don't think these players are going to have any more value than they have right now for the rest of the year. So if you were looking to make a trade, these are kind of the five guys you should be if you have them on your roster, these could be five guys that you should be looking to maybe move if you are looking to trade. My first guy I have on here is Brandon Ayuk. And while I'm not saying Brandon Ayuk is going to do nothing for the rest of the year, I don't think he's going to be scoring 33 fantasy points every single game. He was the 15th wide receiver last year. But again, Debo was dealing with some injuries. You've got Christian McCaffrey. Just a lot of guys, a lot of mouths to feed. I do think Brandon Ayuk is a flex option week in and week out. But he is not this 33 fantasy points like scoring machine he's gonna have the occasional big game like this but this is definitely a little over his head if you have Brandon Ayuk definitely could try to look to move him I think him and Debo are just right there probably Debo is probably even better than Brandon Ayuk I do think Brandon Ayuk is a great talent there's just a lot of mouths to feed in the 49ers there's gonna be one game where George Kittle is gonna have a huge game Debo Samuels is gonna have a big game Christian McCaffrey always seems to have a big game but Brandon Ayuk, he's definitely a little over his head with this fantasy production right now. Definitely try to sell high if you have him. My second sell high candidate is Michael Pittman. I'm just not convinced right now. I, I mean, I had him as one of my winners from this week one just because he did prove me wrong. I think he, him and Anthony Richardson have a good connection, but he's not this high-end wide receiver too for me i still just see him as a flex option so if there's a player that a manager a fantasy manager excuse me that real that is really high michael Pittman, definitely try to look to see if you can move him if a player somebody's really willing to give up a lot for him i think michael Pittman again with this production a little over his head i do think he's going to be a flex option for the rest of the year but definitely not this like top 15 wide receiver in the league i just don't see michael Pittman sustaining that my third sell-high candidate is Mike Evans. Mike Evans had a pretty good game against Minnesota. Had six catches for 66 yards and a touchdown for 18.6 fantasy points. But I'm still just, again, I'm not sold on Mike Evans. I saw him as just like this low-end flex play. I saw Chris Godwin as the main guy. The Buccaneers For the Buccaneers offense, I kind of saw Chris Godwin as the Jarvis Landry and Odell as kind of like the Mike Evans. Odell just struggled with Baker Mayfield. And now I, I think Mike Evans right now is better than Odell was when he was on the Browns, but I just don't think he's going to be this like wide receiver two for you. I just, if you're expecting that, I think you're going to be a little disappointed. Definitely try to look around and see what you can get for Mike Evans. I know it's week one. You don't want to immediately do a trade after week one always, but it's not always the right decision. But Mike Evans, I don't think he's going to be able to sustain this. There's going to be weeks where he's only going to have one catch for 15 yards, and you're going to be really disappointed. So definitely try to see what your market is for Mike Evans in your league. Another guy I have on here is Raheem Mostert. I I think Mostert is a guy that you should definitely keep on your roster for like a couple more weeks now. But just know... Jeff Wilson is on the IR. He's going to be coming back. And the Dolphins have their third, their running back they drafted in the third round in Devon A-Chain. Along with the rumors that the Dolphins are trying to trade for Jonathan Taylor. All of this 
I don't see Raheem Mostert keeping this starting job and being able to score touchdowns like this consistently. If a player is in really dire need of a running back, I and you have Raheem Mostert, definitely be trying to move off of him. Maybe give like a couple more weeks. I think he's going to keep this production up. Maybe give it a couple more weeks just to solidify that. Like, look, man, he's the Dolphins' running back, but then I would try to move him. I don't think. I think with Jeff Wilson comes back in the fold and Devon and Devon A. Chain gets more of a role. Mostert is not going to be a dependable starter for you. And my last guy I have on my sell high is Tyler Algier. Now, you might not even, he might not even be rostered in your league. But if you have Tyler Algier and he is on your roster or you pick him up and, you, and whoever has B. John Robinson, I would be talking to him. I think Tyler Algier, I, I don't see him sustaining this goal line role. I do think he will have the occasional touchdown, but I, like 24 points for him, that that's just, that's crazy. He wasn't even scoring that much when he was the lead running back for the Falcons last year. So I think Tyler Algier is a guy that's a little in, that's over his head. If the, I would definitely try to talk to the Bijan Robinson manager in your league, see what he thinks, because he might be a little worried about Bijan Robinson if Tyler Algier is getting all these touchdowns. If he has, if he thinks he has gonna have the goal line work, he might want Tyler Algier as his just just in case Bijan something happens with Bijan Robinson. Definitely see if you can sell high on Tyler Algier for people who think that he's gonna really sustain this goal line role. Because I think eventually it's gonna be kind of the same thing as Jameer Gibbs. I think Bijan Robinson eventually is going to just be the monster in the backfield and get all these carries. So definitely try to sell high on Tyler Algier if you have him rostered or if you're able to pick him up. So with that, I'm gonna wrap up. This week's Unlimited Fantasy Podcast. I'll be right back here next week recapping week two of the NFL. Thank you. My name is Ben Droz, and you just listened to Unlimited Fantasy Football.